Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about gratitude and thankfulness for the grace of God at Thanksgiving. After all, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, a time where undoubtedly many of you will perhaps gather around the table and enjoy time with family and friends and perhaps fellow church members. Um, That's wonderful as well. And so I just wanted to provide on this episode just a brief reflection for you, just thinking about this whole idea of gratitude and thankfulness in our lives as Christians, and then uh, some concluding thoughts at the end. Uh, Gratitude is the heart's response to grace. As we look at Scripture, for example, in Psalm 117, the shortest psalm in the Psalter, and thereby the shortest chapter in the Bible, it reads, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Now, the psalmist cannot help but be overcome by gratitude and praise. And this is for a single reason only, God's never-ending covenant love which endures towards his people forever. Two elements of this psalm should jump right off the page at us. First is the scope of those who should be grateful. We need to ask the question, does the psalmist believe that Israel alone should uh, shout an uh, acclamation? Is it limited to those who have Hebrew blood coursing through their veins? Well, the answer is no. This text very clearly says all the nations, all the peoples. And the psalmist, in a moment of jubilant thanks, seems to peer from the Old Covenant into the end times, uh, presaging the words of John in Revelation 7, 9 through 12, which says this. After I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, ten, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And as the plan of salvation comes to fruition, all including the heavenly hosts cannot help but fall down in praise and thanks to the Almighty God. It is the instinct of redeemed creatures when they receive blessing without merit. And that is the second element that is apparent in Psalm 117. 
that for which the psalmist is so grateful is not something which he earns or even deserves. It's not something he believes that is owed. In fact, it has nothing at all to do with him at all, other than the reality that he is a recipient of this matchless gift. It is God and what he has done without reference to our own worthiness, which elicits such incredible and intense proclamation of thanks. And more than that, expressions of genuine heartfelt thanks seems to point others in a palpable way to the grace of God. For instance, take the following descriptions of gratitude published not by evangelicals, but by the American Psychological Association in a book titled Character, Strengths, and Virtues, a handbook and classification. This book says, what marks gratitude is the psychological response to the gift, whatever its nature and the experiences, however briefly, of the transcendent emotion of grace, the sense that we have benefited from the actions of another. And so it appears from that quote from the American Psychological Association that even those writing in the purely secular space recognize that grace is the central feature of the experience of gratitude, although they fail to apprehend the one whose gracious nature stands behind that experience. Well, gratitude is not merely passive and reflexive. It is active. It is willful. Paul writes uh, this in his famous uh, letter to the Philippians in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, stating this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, according to Paul, when we willingly choose to focus on those things for which we are thankful in the Lord, it has a heart-shaping effect. And now, even when our hearts and minds would rather be focused on the negative, and what is that effect? Well, see, when we steward our minds to meditate on the gracious gifts of God, then the peace of God, which surpasses all uh, ability to cognitively work all things out, seems to rule in our hearts. You know, help is a perfectly acceptable one-word prayer. So is uh, the twice-as-long word, thank you. The former is for the languishing soul. The latter is for the exultant. One begs for grace. The other acknowledges the grace already received. And one last point on the virtue of gratitude for this Thanksgiving. Thanks is one of the major tributaries which finds itself terminating in that beautifully deep and wide river as we know, known as awe. And as we become those who intentionally transform our lives to recognize the nearly innumerable gifts given to us by God, our hearts are taken by the currents of gratitude and becomes those which so easily and often find themselves in awe and wonder simply worshiping at the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So this Thanksgiving, as you and I, we sit around with our families at our tables celebrating and rehearsing the gifts for which we should be thankful. May our praise not be, you know, just focus on platitudes, be dim and drowsy, but rather be earnest, be vivid, be energetic. 
coming as for the believer as they do from grace-inundated lives, pointing towards a generous and even a gracious giver with the hope of the glorious grace as we have in its fullness one day when Christ returns and a feast of thanksgiving finds its richest fulfillment, as Isaiah 25 tells us. Now, the essence of the Christian life it can be summarized in many, many ways, including forgiveness, the realization, you know, that the Father has forgiven us in Christ and thus requires us to forgive others, as Colossians 3.13 says. Holiness, because we have been set apart as holy through the work of the Savior, we must uh, put holiness into practice in our lives, as we see in 1 Peter 1.14-16. And patience, God in his patience was kind to us and brought us to repentance. And so we must bear with the faults of others and wait patiently for the Lord to fulfill his purposes, as we see in James 5, 7 through 11. Other summaries could be mentioned here, but one that we see most clearly in Colossians is Thanksgiving. And here in Colossians, gratitude envelops Paul's prayer for the church, as we see in Colossians 1, 3 through 12, indicating its fundamental place in the life of a Christian. Thanksgiving is the perpetual attitude of Paul and is the disposition of the Christians in Colossae. Uh, Paul is always giving thanks for the faith, for the hope, and the love of all the believers there, as we see in Colossians 1, 3-5. The Colossians and all other Christians, by extension, are taught to give thanks for the great salvation in an abundant, overflowing manner. And such an emphasis on thanksgiving, it's not surprising, for gratitude must certainly be the chief virtue of redeemed people, since a principal uh, vice of fallen humanity is an ungrateful disposition uh, toward the Lord for his gifts, as we see in Romans 1, 18-32. Old Covenant Israel perpetually fell into idolatry because they did not remember the Lord who brought them out of Egypt. Instead, they end up thanking gods who are no gods at all for their redemption, as we see in Exodus 32. May we never do that. You see, we can live a Christian life of gratitude only when we recall that that everything that we have in Christ is an inheritance. And typically, we must understand an inheritance is something that is passed from the person who earned it to a benefactor who's not worked for it, wholly at the initiative of the earner. And Paul can refer to our salvation as an inheritance because it is something that Jesus earned for us and that we do not work for but receive by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. As you see in Romans 4 and 2 Corinthians 5.21. John Christendom, an early church father and bishop of Constantinople in the late 4th century, writes this, For no one leads a life so good as to be counted worthy of the kingdom, but the whole is his free gift. And it's obviously difficult to follow Paul's teaching to give thanks in all circumstances, as we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which is why we need strengthening from the Lord to persevere with joy as we thank the Lord, as we see in Colossians 1.11-12. through 12. See, the power to give thanks, it comes from the Holy Spirit who presently lives within us to remind us of all the blessings we have in Christ Jesus and of our need to thank the Lord. 
So no Christian can live a, a perpetually void of gratitude. That is to say, one of the defining characteristics of a godly lo- godless life is ingratitude. Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. As one author puts it, ingratitude and pride go hand in hand. You see, once we reject God, we become arrogant, thankless creatures. But the disease of ingratitude not only affects those in the culture around us, it's an epidemic among the people of God. We are often more like the nine lepers healed by Jesus who left without saying thanks than we are like the one who returned to fall at our Lord's feet in unspeakable gratefulness as we see in Luke 17, 11 through 19. And according to Jesus in Luke 17, 11 through 19, the pathogen of thanklessness is more dangerous than leprosy. Mercifully, there is a cure and it is in Christ alone. There's a twofold remedy that we must talk about that God offers for ingratitude in his word. First, we need to recognize that thankfulness does not come naturally, as we've talked about today. A life of gratitude is especially difficult in a culture as ours that exalts the proud, it despises humility, and enthrones self as the highest authority. You see, in a world consumed by indifference and lack of appreciation, Christians can engage in a moment-by-moment protest of thankfulness. Persistent gratitude will set us apart from the world, making us salty to a self-indulgent culture, as we see in Matthew 5.13. And second, we must return again and again to the great reality of the cross and the resurrection of Christ. There, Jesus proclaims that he died for people like us, people who forget to say thank you. You see, the Lord is so patient with our obstinate ingratitude. But as we come to the cross daily, we begin to see our pride and thanklessness crucified. In their place, the resurrection life of gratitude dawns. And this is the life that knows that the Savior's blood was the awful currency for the debt of ingratitude. This this is the life that sees the crucifixion and cannot find words to say thank you enough. This is the life of the sinner saint who recoils from his lack of thankfulness and turns to the one in Jesus whose thankless work for sinners such as us makes gratitude the only place now and forever. So as we conclude, um, I have a few concluding thoughts. Uh, First, as, as you're gathered around the table, Uh, Take time to talk about how is the Lord at work in your life by his grace. Uh, this, This provides ample opportunity just to express thankfulness to the Lord, thankfulness to the Lord for what he's doing. How, how has he provided for you this year? Uh, how, how, are, how, how do you see him at work in your, in your life? How, what is standing out in your Bible reading? Uh, what are some things that, that lead you to thankfulness in prayer and worship uh, in your life? And, and just even take some time. Uh, to, to be thinking about that as you're listening to this episode and as you conclude. Take, take some time to, to be thankful uh, to the Lord and share that with somebody as well. Maybe even write that down in a journal or a Word document or something like that uh, so that, you know, come uh, tomorrow you can share that 
uh, with your family. Th- those are those are memory building ideas there uh, that can not only encourage, but it can also provide opportunities to share the gospel. Maybe you have a non-Christian family member. This provides a way to share even and to testify of the gospel uh, of the grace of God. Um, and the other thing, uh, as we, the last thing is, is uh, hopefully the last thing I should say, uh, as we, you know, round into the holidays uh, tomorrow, you know, is Thanksgiving and, and Christmas is coming up, you know, just be cognizant that all around you are hurting people. Uh, this this time of year is hard, especially for those who have lost a family member and a friend, and that's a lot of us. You know, that's a lot of us in light of what happened in COVID and and even past COVID and before COVID as well. You know, just be cognizant of that and and remind yourself. Uh, and be be preparing yourself every day in the Word to read the Word, to pray, and and to study the Word, and to be memorizing the Word. You know, you don't have to be a super saint to do this. Start with five to ten minutes a day, and and take that time to really uh, dig, be reading and digging into God's Word and and studying it, and then praying back. What thank you, Lord, for how you've revealed yourself in this text. Uh, I'm so grateful. I'm I'm so amazed at your holiness, your beauty, your greatness, your power, and and on and on. And thank you, Lord, at the end. Thank the Lord for his great grace and mercy. Uh, this will this will posture your heart as you begin uh, the day uh, with a heart full of thankfulness for his grace. And you know what? That's going to help you throughout the day as you undoubtedly deal with difficult situations and challenging people and, and different things that we all have in our lives. So as I wrap up today's episode... Uh, I want to make uh, a couple of exciting announcements, but also I want to let you know how you can support this ministry. And before I talk about supporting this ministry, I just want to say first, please give to your local church. Uh, that is that is the first place where we are to give and to support gospel ministry. Uh, we should be in local churches that are biblically sound and theologically faithful to what the church is uh, has always taught and where the word is expounded verse by verse and line by line and where we're pointing to Christ from the word and where we're in loving community there we should support but also we should support uh, ministries that are grounded in the word of God and in what the and are teaching what the church has taught and and are providing a resource to support and to be a resource to the ministry of the local church so to that end I want to let you know an exciting announcement um, here at Servants of Grace, we have many podcasts like Equipping and Grace. We also have over 300 writers who write for us. We have a digital magazine called Theology for Life. But I'm also excited to announce that in addition to those ministries, we've now added a publishing arm to our ministry. And the publishing arm is called Theology for Life Publishing. The first book that we're going to publish is my next book, which is going to release January 15th. It's called Contentment, the Journey of a Lifetime. And I just want to encourage you uh, to go ahead, please, if you would, and if you're in a position, to go ahead and pre-order this book. Pre-ordering is basically a way to let the printer and the publisher know that you're interested in the book and we'll have the book sent off to you uh, as soon as the book is released. 
Um, I, I am just really excited about this. Uh, it's been something that I've been working on hard uh, for about the last two and a half years, and uh, it's been an answer to prayer. And so uh, the money will go to support uh, the work of Servants of Grace. You know, we provide all of our resources for free, but uh, we do spend a lot of time and effort on those resources. So I just want to let you know, those resources, the money that you spend on books— uh, moving forward, it goes to support uh, the ministry of Servants of Grace. I also have uh, my first two books available at the store, uh, The Word Explored, The Problem of Biblical Literacy and What to Do About It, and uh, also The Word Matters, published by G3 Press. Uh, so I have copies that I, I, I sell. I sign those. I will not be signing the contentment copy. I'm sorry about that, guys. But I also want to let you know another way in which you can support us is uh, to go to the shop where you can pre-order my book. Uh, there we have over 300 plus products uh, ranging from clothes for men and women and kids. Uh, we also have hats and mugs and uh, uh, mouse pads and journals and, and so much more and more coming. So you can find these all these things, my books and, and the shop by going to Servants of Grace. And at the top on the menu, uh, uh, if you're on the desktop, there's a, bu- there's a button called Shop. Uh, there's a drop-down menu if you go uh, to our website, servantsofgrace.org, on, uh, on, on, your, on your mobile phone. And, and there, just drop, on the drop-down menu, you can click on Shop, and that'll take you uh, to our shop. And there you'll find all of our merchandise. You'll find my books and more. Uh, the, the last way, and I want to preface this by saying this, please support your local church first. Please find a local church. If you're struggling with that, please email me, davidservantsofgrace.org. I would love to be able to help you with that. But the third way is, on the, on the desktop, you can go under About Us and click on uh, Giving, I believe it's Giving or Donate. Uh, th- that also supports uh, the ministry of Servants of Grace. So I, I just want to say those things. I'm, I'm so grateful uh, that, that many of you do support the ministry, but I hadn't announced uh, my book yet. I hadn't announced our new publishing arm, um, and, and I wanted to also let you guys know that listen and watch this show uh, ab- about our new shop and all the products, and, and also uh, maybe you've been thinking about donating or giving to our ministry. Uh, so I wanted just to mention that. But as I end this episode, I do just want to say thank you so much for allowing us into your homes and your families uh, to speak God's word into your life. It's an honor and a privilege to be allowed into your life uh, and to minister the word and to bring you good and solid and theologically rich content that, uh, Lord willing, edifies you and equips you to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of Equip You in Grace. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.